Welcome to Whose Podcast Is It Anyway? A show where our host engages in a lively conversation with the guest. The guest chooses the topic and the host has no prior preparation or knowledge of the topic. Please note that the opinions expressed on this program are the opinions and views of the host and the guests and are not necessarily the same opinions and views of Al Seeger or Point of Insanity Game Studio. And now, here's your host, Chad Knight. Welcome to Whose Podcast Is It Anyway? Episode 43. Welcome to my Mindmare. I've been trying, without much success, to come up with a topic for this week's Welcome to My Mindmare. This week has been crazy at work, crazy at home, and just a long, hard week. I decided instead to just let my fingers on the keyboard do the talking, see where they lead me, see if they had any better ideas than I could come up with. It was a dark and stormy night, and I sat glued to the latest episode of some crime drama on TV. I was home alone, with the wife out, with friends, and the kids off to grandma's for the weekend. I could watch anything I wanted without the consistent whine of, can we watch something else? Nah, scratch that. Uh, I was being chased by something I could not see. I would catch glimpses of it from time to time in my peripheral vision. It was large. It was black, and it was gushy. Uh, No, that sounds more like a porno than a dreamscape I was imagining. Trina asked me what I wanted to say. I could tell from her voice that she thought I was going to say... And what I had rehearsed for so long to say were two very different things. I looked her in the eyes and said, Trina, I want you to hear me out. Please don't interrupt me until I finish. Do you understand? I waited for a response. Her face had changed. The excitement and rosy cheeks fading. Eyes becoming serious. Okay, Frank, what is it? I walked over to the window we shared in our bedroom. I took a ragged deep breath and I started. Trina. Beautiful Katrina. I have done something, and I will never be the same, and we will never be the same. Yeah, I think I like this one. I'll continue with it at another time. I guess sometimes we just have to let the flow of what we are doing take us to where we need to be. Right now, we need to meet our guest. End Mind Matter. All right, so welcome to the show, Jason. Hi. I have literally known Jason since I've been in high school. Yeah. We both worked at a local grocery store, and we got to be pretty decent friends. We used to joke that if either one of us got engaged to be married, the other one would have the right to punch them once, as hard as they could. So, of course, excitedly, I told Jason that I was engaged to my girlfriend, and right there in the front end of the store, without warning, he punched me in the shoulder. I was taken aback for a short time, and then the memory hit me, as Jason had a few moments earlier. He also took me to the strip club for the first time. I don't know if you remember that. A little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Now he's here, and we have a lot to talk about, I'm sure, and, well... He supplied the beer. Woohoo. So, welcome, Jason. Thank you. All right. So, I do a segment on here called Five Questions. I'm going to ask you five questions, and you answer them. Okay. They're pretty simple, but they're fun anyway. So, what's your favorite food? Oh, goodness. Um, you know, that's the hardest question of any of them I have on here. Um, I mean, it's probably pizza. It shouldn't be pizza because, you know, trying to get in shape and stuff, but I think it's got to be pizza. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> What's your, or who or what is your favorite band or musician? Ooh. Well, I'm going to, there are so many good ones. So I'm going to go a little old school on this because it's been my favorite band for quite a long time, and that's uh, Van Halen. Okay. 
you would get along great with Lou, my co-host. <laughs> he is he is a Sammy Hagar fan. I am too. And it, it's amazing how much Sammy Hagar has been on Musically Challenged because of him. <laughs> I'm not a huge Sammy fan, but that's a whole different story, a whole different topic for a whole different time. A more a Gary Sharon guy is what you're saying? Yeah, exactly, you got me. No, I was a, I was a Diamond Dave fan. So, all right, your occupation, what do you do? I work for Madison.com, which is the newspaper website for uh, the Wisconsin State Journal and the Cap Times out of Madison, Wisconsin. Okay. What is your favorite game? You know, I've been asked this question a lot lately, and I have to, I kind of go with more easy games to learn for the most part because... It's easier to get people to play. So uh, Sushi Go, Love Letter, maybe Dominion. Those okay. are kind of the top three. Yeah, right if you there. turn around and you look right behind you, there's a whole pile of Dominion. Yes. My I wife, is a, my wife. that is one of the first board games we bought together. Wow. She absolutely loves Dominion. We haven't broke it open in a while, but it is, it is definitely a go-to game in this house. <laughs> so, and finally... Your favorite entertainment, podcast, TV, radio, what's what's the one thing that you always go back to? Man, probably music. Okay. Music has to be. I mean, I, I listen to music all day at work, or sometimes I'll throw in some podcasts as well. But, you know, when I get home, if I want to actually get stuff done, I'll pop some music on. So Fair enough. So... You said you pop a podcast on from time to time. What what do you listen to? I like to I like to let people out there that listen to my podcast know about other podcasts that are out there. And I I have about a I have about six or ten that I listen to, but nobody listens to the same ones I do. So what do you, what do you listen to? <laughs> All right. Well, let's see. I listen to I listen to some video game stuff. So like Giant Bomb and Giant Beast Cast. Um, I'm, I'm a video game guy. I like those. So um, I also like uh, uh, Plant Money by NPR. Big fan. And uh, Future Tense. Uh, it comes from uh, Australia, but it's a very interesting podcast about like a lot of future technology issues. Okay. It's really well done, too. So Excellent. All right. So now, Jason, this is where you get to tell us more about yourself. This is your time to tell us all about Jason, or whatever you want to share about Jason, anyway. <laughs> well, I that's a good question. Um so yeah, I am. I I live in Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, I work in technology. Uh, I enjoy a lot of things, including photography, writing, playing games, both board and video. Uh, I'm a craft beer guy, so you know, bringing craft beer over tonight for the podcast. And you know, I'll be honest. For a hoppy, like kind of IPA type beer, which I'm not a big fan of. I will drink this. Yes, we are drinking Hopalicious, and it is quite tasty. It is. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to jump into today in history, and then we will uh, go ahead and get right into your topic after that. Sounds good. May 26, 1897, Dracula goes on sale in London. The first copies of the classic vampire novel Dracula by Irish writer Bram Stoker appear in a London bookshops on this day in 1897. A childhood invalid, Stoker grew up to become a football, better known as soccer over there, star at Trinity College in Dublin. After graduation, he got a job in civil service at Dublin Castle, where he worked for the next 10 years while writing drama reviews for the Dublin Mail on the side. In this way, Stoker met the well-respected actor Sir Henry Irving, who hired him as his manager. Stoker stayed in the post for most of the next three decades, writing Irving's 
voluminous correspondence for him and accompanying him on tours in the United States. Over the years, Stoker began writing a number of horror stories for magazines, and in 1890, he published his first novel, The Snake's Pass. Stoker would go on to publish 17 novels in all, but it was his 1897 novel, Dracula, that eventually earned him literary fame and became known as a masterpiece of Victorian-era Gothic literature. Written in the form of diaries and journals of its main characters, Dracula is the story of a vampire who makes his way from Transylvania, a region of Eastern Europe, now in Romania, to Yorkshire, England, and preys on innocence there to get the blood he needs to live. Stoker had originally named the Count, or the vampire, Count Wampire. He found the name Dracula in a book on Wakalia and Moldavia written by retired diplomat William Wilkinson which he borrowed from a Yorkshire public library during his family's vacations there. Vampires, who left their burial place at night to drink the blood of humans, were popular figures in folk tales from ancient times. But Stoker's novel catapulted them into the mainstream of 20th century literature. Upon his release, Dracula enjoyed modest, moderate success, though when Stoker died in 1912, none of his obituaries even mentioned Dracula by name. Sales began to take off in the 1920s when the novel was adapted for Broadway. Dracula Mania kicked into even higher gear when Universal's blockbuster 1931 film, directed by Todd Browning and starring the Hungarian actor Bela Lugosi, dozens of vampire-themed movies, television shows, and literature followed. Through Lugosi, with his exotic accent, remains the quintessential Count Dracula. Late 20th century examples of the vampire craze include the best-selling novels of American writer Anne Rice, and the cult hit TV series, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. All right, so there we go. Bram Stoker, Dracula. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. And and the fact that, you know, this novel that he wrote, that really, even he didn't expect to do much and didn't do much in his lifetime, has now become a thing where you say Dracula, everybody knows what you're talking exactly. about. Exactly. I've even seen documentaries on, you know, Romania today, and they, even though they think the story's, absolute bupkis they tourists come through there they sell them everything dracula <laughs> you know because dracula um or um, vlad tepes tepish was actually highly regarded as one of the best leaders they ever had in romania so it's it's kind of a funny um, little aside there but all right sir what do you have for us today what are we talking about well you know it's funny if i would have known you know let me try that again if I would have, I, you know, the way you were asking me questions early on, I would have guessed, would have th thought you guessed the topic, but the topic is music. And okay. Keeping it kind of general, but moving, you know, kind of from there. Uh, because I remember, once again, going back to our grocery store days. Um, <laughs> Doesn't that seem like forever? Wait, it was forever it ago, was wasn't forever it? It was forever ago, yes. <laughs> but uh, I... I Getting ready for this, I, I remember the story of uh, of the bet we had uh, about a CD, and the the song being December by Collective Soul. Okay. And you insisting that it was the Offspring who sang that song, and this is kind of when I was, you know, just getting out of high school. I was big in the country and starting to get more into like alternative and rock and stuff that wasn't hair metal, and you know, so I was like, no, I'm I'm pretty sure it's this, and you're like, no. You were the, the, the guy in, you know, with 
who really knew his, you know, indie rock and stuff like that. And I was wrong, it sounds like. You were way wrong, and I still have the Collective Soul CD at home to prove it because you had to buy it for me. (laughs) I I don't remember that, but knowing me and knowing the way I used to be about music, I can absolutely believe that that bet happened and that I lost. <laughs> but I also know that you do another podcast that revolves around music. Yes, I do. Yeah. So if you Fact, want to pitch uh, it here. When, when you got here tonight, I was editing an episode of Musically Challenged. And uh, it's uh, this one happened to be on Canadian artist. Um, so hey. we did. Yeah. Hey, hey. <laughs> Actually, we thought about doing that entire episode <laughs> in that horrible, you know, made up Canadian A or, you know, A accent kind of thing. <laughs> And we opted not to, uh, mostly because my daughter threatened to um, kill us. Ah, yes. Because you know, she thought that was very um, not politically correct. <laughs> not that that podcast is politically correct, but we did throw the accent in there every here and there kind of thing. But we kind of stayed away from it because we just thought, you know, if my 16, almost 16-year-old daughter is going to have a problem with it, probably, you know, the general populace that listen to us. Is going to have a problem with it. So Indeed. But yeah, so, you know, Musically Challenged, as you guys know, I've talked about it here before, is a weekly musical podcast. We run about an hour. Uh, we we have certain, like, topics we talk about. We're like, we right now we're in the midst of an eight-episode uh, eight series on number ones from 1940 through today. Yeah. So... Uh, come check us out. You can find us on the same same uh, stream that you're finding this one on. It's just called Musically Challenged versus Whose Podcast Is It Anyway? So, I know you do a lot with music because we're friends on Facebook. And a lot of times I'll see, hey, I'm going to see these guys this weekend. Who wants to come? Yes, yes. I do go to a lot of concerts. Actually, last year I started a personal project. Um, started about last July where b- before my... My birthday, not the, not last year, but this year, which is in September, uh, I wanted to go to 40 shows. Okay. Um, and where are you? I am on 20 right now. So about okay. halfway there. And, you know, we're just getting into the summer big concert explosion where people go outside and listen to music. And I'm getting excited to go out, you know, kind of the doldrums of winter where nothing's happening. Right. You don't e- want to go out. <laughs> Even though there's a lot more happening in Madison than there is in Wausau. That's, that's also true. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, I started this and kind of writing about each concert and writing something a little philosophical about each one, you know, taking like like a point either, like one of the shows I went to last year was a cake show and, and cake, cake Frontman made a, a, a big point about, oh, you shouldn't be living your life through your phones, you know, recording this, you know, actually enjoy the moment, you know, and so I wrote up a, a piece about that. And okay, now do you write these and then use them for work or are you just writing them for personal... Right now I'm writing them for personal. I am going to, hopefully before the next one, well, the next concert I'm going to is next Friday, which is Boston. Uh, and I'm hoping One of the to, great city bands of the 70s. It really is. And they're, the reason I'm actually going to them is they play across the street from where I live. Oh, okay. So I live right across the street from a giant soccer field in Madison, Bree Stevens. And they, last year... Oh, now i think started doing concerts there okay and because i'm inconvenienced by having music and my road clothes and all that i get free tickets so uh i got that's even cooler i got to see wilco i got to see uh who else did i see um cake 
Uh, a couple other bands there as well so far. And Has there ever been a band that came to the soccer field and they're like, here's free tickets? And you're like, nah. <laughs> well, I, you know, Steve Miller was there and it was kind of, that one I just listened from my lawn. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but uh, that was also before I knew I could get the free tickets, honestly. But it's just funnier that way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I understand. You know, because I can't think of many bands where somebody would be like, here's free tickets, where I'd be just like, no. <laughs> I mean, because, you know, free tickets, band experiences, I mean, a live experience is always nice. Yeah. I'm not a huge guy that goes to concerts. I usually go to, I'll pick one or two that come to the Wasa Fair. Mm-hmm. Um, this year, because of the podcast, Lou and I are going to go to all five shows, just because we're like, we can do a podcast on it. Yeah. You know, and it, it ought to be fun in this area because Uncle Ted's coming. <laughs> yeah, I saw and, that. <laughs> and they already wanted to ban him, but he's still coming, so... <laughs> It ought to be, um, this is what I'm looking for here. We're, I'm hoping nothing goes weird, but I got a feeling something might go weird. Now, as far as his politics, I think he's absolutely insane. Yes. But I'm not going to listen to his politics. I'm going to listen to the guy's music. Exactly. I mean, you got to separate the art from the artist. I mean, Kanye West is, is insane. His music is some of the best, you know, rap music that the genre has put out, you know. If, if you're into that, see, I've never gotten into rap as a, as a whole. Um, that's that's an episode that Lou and I keep talking about doing because neither of us are rap guys, and we're like, we can do this rap, uh, this 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 rap show, and we will sound like the two whitest guys ever talking about rap. <laughs> and I'm like, but we've got Eminem and we've got the Beastie Boys. Yeah. Um, I don't, I'm sure there are other white rappers out there, but I don't know of any. You know, kind of thing. <laughs> I suppose. No, Devo doesn't really. Count. No, no, no. Really, no. They're more new age, new wave stuff. But anyway, um, what's what's the what's your favorite um concert you've ever been to? Not necessarily because of music, but just overall your favorite concert that was the most fun that you had the best time at. There again, there are a lot. I've been to a lot of shows before even I started this adventure. Um, that said. The one that instantly comes to mind was, uh, and this is probably, gosh, mid-90s, late-90s, uh, Garth Brooks okay. uh, on his, I think it's No Fences, the one with the blue cover tour. Um, it was one of those where I saw it was coming. I was either living in Wausau or Milwaukee at the time. I don't remember which. And I told my buddy who lived in Madison, I'm like, because he had the day, he he worked near a Ticketmaster location. Okay. He had the day off or something like that. And I was like, hey, can you get us tickets for this? He's like, yeah, I'll jump in line. I, I would love to see this myself. And so he goes and gets in line to get tickets. And the person in front of him gets the last tickets for the show. And he's like, oh. But the guy's just like, hold on. And he waits. And immediately after the show sells out, they announce another show for the next night. Okay. So he's the first one in line for that show, and we had like eighth row tickets for Garth Brooks. That had to be fun. That was a lot of fun, and it was a high energy show. You know, he was in his prime and stuff like that. Uh, just crazy. I've seen uh, Terry Gilliam sings, which is I also had great seats for. Um, I've seen Sir Paul McCartney. Those were horrible seats, but they were a lot of fun. Uh, you know, just a lot of really good shows like that um, yeah I, I think the favorite show i've been to is um i went to see live the band are you familiar yeah. with live? Oh, yeah they came to steven's point and they played quant Fieldhouse. house <laughs> 
And I was I was big into that indie but not indie scene at that time, right. you know. And that's where Live dropped. They were yeah. they were indie but they weren't really because exactly. they had a label and but uh, they were coming to Stevens Point. Uh, got tickets, took my wife, which was the first mistake I made. <laughs> uh, but it was it was a great concert. It was. Um, Ed's up on the stage, and at one point he says to all the girls in the front row, he's like, take off your shirts and throw them up here, right? And they did. There was, like, shirts flying. <laughs> so there I'm sitting there, and, and Nikki and I hadn't been married very long when this happened. And we're, we're kind of further back. We're up on the bleachers because, you know, my wife is kind of proper that way. She didn't want to be down in the doldrums of people. She didn't have to be. Right. And uh, there's these then there's these girls being picked up and tossed around, and they're all no shirts on, you know, Boobs flopping everywhere, and so that was a fun concert. <laughs> um, and I don't know, probably I saw Alice Cooper, and that oh, was yeah. a really good. That was a really good show. Nice. Um, a couple of years ago, I saw Theory of a Dead Man. I really enjoy that show. Um, and I've seen Weird Al like ten times, as one should. <laughs> and, you know, and that's always a great show. That yes. guy is—he's got more energy than you know somebody on crack. He's just. Always 110%. So those are some of the bigger concerts I've seen that I really like. Um, but, yeah, so what in music draws you? Is it is it words? Is it is it the, you know, the hook? Is it the song? What what is it a mixture of everything? I think for me it's kind of a mixture of everything. I, I love – I'm a big lyrics guy. I'm a big fan of lyrics. Um, As am I. Yeah. But, you know, if you can put down a good beat and, and – you know, mix it all together well and that type of thing. And then, you know, actually make it halfway, you know, sound the same live. That works out pretty well, too. I mean, so I've gone to some horrible shows. Uh, one that comes to mind, uh, going back to the rap genre again, Busta Rhymes, which <laughs> I was living in Milwaukee at the time. And we went uh, the rave in Milwaukee yep. um, lots of times gives out uh, free tickets where you buy a couple drinks and you get in for free. But they, you know, it's like. $8 a drink, but you, you know, $10 a drink, something like but that. But still, $20, two $20. drinks at 20 bucks is cheaper than most concert tickets. Exactly. So they had one of those for Buster Rhymes. And me and my friend just happened to go, you know what? Let's do this. Let's be fun. And he got up on stage and it was just a disaster. What was, what was his big song again? Um, was it Busted? No, Busted Move was not his. Was that was it? absolutely, that was Young MC. That was Young MC. <laughs> I'm trying to remember what Buster Rhymes' big song was. I remember he had one that everybody knew about. Mm -hmm. And I can't even remember what it is now, but. You know, it's funny because I can't either. You know, but it's like, it's one of those where you hear it and he's got such a unique style when he sings that you'd be like, Buster Rhymes, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, kind of a train wreck of a show. Um, and it was. I mean, that makes a good memory, too. So <laughs> it, it does. And actually, you know, I've had one band I have seen. Well, actually, I've seen them three times. But they are one of the worst shows I've ever seen and one of the best shows I've ever seen. And who's and that's that? That's Ario Speedwagon. Ah. They came through Wassa three times because I've seen them at the fair three times. Yeah. The first time I saw them, they were at the end of a, con of a tour, and they were horrid. Ooh. It was bad. It was almost painful to listen to. And then they came like five years later or something like that, and they were the best show that I'd seen in a long time. And then when you, I went out and I looked at their schedule, and it was the start. They were, it was you know going into a new tour, so it's like, so you have to watch some bands, you know, going in, coming out kind of thing. Um, 
And another one I went to was a Metallica Guns N' Roses concert back okay. in the back in the mid nineties. I went to see Guns N' Roses because I was a big uh, Axel fan. Okay. And Metallica was opening for them. Wow. Yeah, it was right on the cusp of Metallica becoming a a headliner, and they had this tour, and it was in Des Moines, Iowa. And I went in, and I knew who Metallica was, but I wasn't, you know, I wasn't into the thrash metal kind of stuff right. for, for the most part. And at that point, that's what that's what Metallica still was. Yeah. So I, I went to the concert. I came out of the concert going, this Metallica's really got something. They have a great live show. Guns N' Roses. <laughs> they absolutely sucked live. I was just like, God, could have Axel just not shown up? Because then I would have still thought they were awesome. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so are, are there are there any – is there any type of music that you don't listen to? Reggae. I hate reggae, and I have no logical explanation for it. Okay. Other than I just can't stand reggae. See, and Nikki likes reggae. I, I don't mind it, but, like, when we're cleaning the house, we'll flip on Pandora – and we'll flip on the reggae channel. And, I, and it's okay. I mean, reggae is not something I would, like, go out to find. But I won't turn it off either yeah. kind of thing. Um, I'm not a rap guy. Um, country, country music is – Nikki loves country music. So I've listened to a lot of country music over the years. And some of it's okay. But I actually prefer older country. You know, it's funny. Uh, I was going to bring up the same point. Uh, modern country is more pop. And I don't like it that much. Even though we're living in the great pop music right now is actually pretty damn good yeah. for pop for music. What I always say about about country music is there's country music when you talk about, you know, Patsy Cline, Hank Williams, even Hank Williams Jr., Johnny Cash, those guys. That's country music. Yeah. What they have now is just it's recycled eighties hair band with a twang. Yeah. It really is. Yep. And uh, not that there's anything wrong with that. Uh, it's just not my cup of tea. Right. And there's a couple current singers I like. Like, I'm a, I like Brad, Brad Paisley. I'm a fan of. Um, but uh, his songs are kind of funny in a lot. Yeah, exactly. Of times. Um, I don't know if you're. There's kind of this nice alt country movement now. That's kind of more the traditional country. Uh, people like Sturgill Simpson, who was nominated for a Grammy this year. Um, I'm not familiar with him. He was nominated for best album, and most people don't know he actually has shirts that say, "I swear." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He has shirts that say, who the fuck is Sturgill Simpson? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I need one. <laughs> but I actually, he was what he was the impetus for my whole writing project was I went to see him with my girlfriend and we were, and I'm like, we were talking and it was, you know, Bowie had just died and Prince had just died. And we're like, we need to see more concerts. And, you know, seeing his, his show really just kind of set me off. I'm like, and it, like, you know, I want to write all these and throw them into like a book at some point or something. It was kind of like my introduction to his, you know, this concert where we were talking about that right before the show. Mm -hmm. Just a great sh live show and just a lot of fun. And that's kind of what kicked it all off for me. You know, and it's, it's kind of getting to that point in, in what I like in music because I tend to be a classic rock guy. That's, that's mm -hmm. really my strong point. And, you know, 80s, I, I was big into the hair bands, I think. Most of us were at that age, you know, right. that fall in our age range. Yeah. And they're starting to die. Bowie's dead. You know, Prince died. Prince was one of those guys I always wanted to see in concert. But by the time I was old enough and wanted to spend the money on it, his music had gone in a direction that 
I didn't really care for. And I didn't right. want to go watch that Prince. I wanted to see the Prince from 1989, you know, <laughs> kind of thing. Um, you know, but there's there's a lot of bands out there. I'd love to see, like, um, Billy Joel. I'd love to see, you know, Elton John. I've seen both of those. Oh, have together, you? actually, in a show. Oh, did you see that when they went through together? Yes. And it was just one of those things, you know, and these guys were getting older. And I keep saying to myself, I got to go see these guys. Like, four years ago, or was it five years ago? I finally got to see Bon Jovi live in concert. Nice. Which, if you remember, Bon Jovi was always the band that I was, you know, that was the band for me. That was the one that I took to. That was the first band that really introduced me to rock and roll. And uh, I finally got to see them. And it was a great show. But there was some of their newer stuff. Because now they get to this newer stuff. And I'm like, you guys are playing Grandpa Rock now. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But I do have to say, here's a, here's a cute story. And I don't know if I've told it on this podcast before or not. But when I had my game shop. Yep. I had a kid come in and we're talking and we're talking music, you know, and this kid seems to have a pretty good grasp on classic rock and that kind of stuff. And we're talking and finally I said, and he goes, who's your favorite band? And I said, well, if I really had to sit down and think about it, I said, I'd probably say Bon Jovi because that was the band that got me into rock and roll and, you know, got me into all these things that, you know, now are part of just music to me. Yeah. And he goes, oh, you mean the country band? And I went, I just wanted to reach across and just slap them. I'm like, I'm like, are you talking about the crossover album? You know, because they did that crossovers thing where they did like country music with a country star, and then I missed that one. That's, yeah, that's you okay. didn't miss much. <laughs> <laughs> but they did an album called Crossroads, and it was, uh, it, it wasn't good. No, you know, and, and that's what I think is the best thing about music is you can look at a person's entire catalog or a group's entire catalog. And you may not like it all, right. but there may be some be some really good stuff in there. I mean, you look at Bon Jovi from Bon Jovi, Bon Jovi through uh, Keep the Faith or so. Yeah, that, that all that is That's, really good. Yeah, definitely. Once you get out of there, then you go up from like Keep the Faith through like uh, the Circle. They've got some good music in there. Yeah. And from the circle on, I have not impre been impressed. In fact, their last album I didn't even buy because I listened to it on YouTube and I went. No, <laughs> you know, and and a part of you, a part of that kid, that teenager that just worshipped these bands, kind of dies a little bit. Well, that's kind of the cool thing about music too is you're 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 seeing this, you're seeing this happen, and you have these bands that you you know, and all of a sudden you're like, they're starting to put out crap. We'll go back to Metallica because you know after the Black Album, it was pretty much crap in my humble opinion. Um, but you know, then you have the the bands who had them as idols and so they're you know they're doing it a little different but they're they're making their own way and you know but kind of going off from what that was and they were their inspiration and different things like that you know you always hear people about you know a lot of alternative bands talk about the pixies oh the pixies were the band that inspired me and different things like that and you're like i like the pixies and you've kind of taken that different direction and it's it's cool to see you know like the musical family trees that come off oh yeah who's really, inspired yeah. who and, and different things like that i really enjoy guns and roses did this and i am and i know other bands have but they made an entire album called the spaghetti incident which was just them redoing music that had influenced them yeah and i thought that was really kind of a not only is it cool to to find out who you know who influenced you know axel who influenced you know duff and whatever but then you can look at that music and go okay so how is this like what Guns N' Roses does? Like, I had never heard of the band Hair of the Dog. Yeah. Hair of the Dog is fantastic. Yeah. You know? 
Uh, so it was, it was for me, it was, it opened a new avenue to more music. And I don't know, I've always been a, a kind of a music guy. I've always been kind of a junkie, especially for rock and roll. I, you know, just something about there's something fun about that kind of music. Yeah. Even even the really heavy stuff, which I don't listen to as much as I listen to the like the like the eighty you know eighties hair bands. That was to me that's the pinnacle of music, man. <laughs> I know you're shaking your head, but <laughs> and it was really simple. It was you know it was three chords. It was very simple. It was just music that was meant to have fun with, you know. But, I will uh, say that's the music that drove me into alternative eventually because I was just like this. This is all the same now. Were you a grunge guy? I, I mean, I liked I liked some of the grunge rock when it first came out. You know, like you know, like the first couple Poison or the first you know. The, I mean, well, uh, Appetite for Destruction is one of the greatest albums. I think we all agree. Oh yeah, absolutely. That that is a great album. But you, you know, but that was kind of at the end of that too, and it was the one that kind of gave you a little bit of hope because everything was starting to sound. You know, the same after a while. You I had, like to call it bubblegum pop. You had Steelheart and Extreme and all these other bands who were trying to sound like Poison and Motley Crue, who were right. actually had some talent and were decent, but just kind of overexposed. And oh, and so, yeah, it, that's kind of what all pushed me into, like, the next the next phase of my life, the next phase of music, you know, the more of the alternative and, you know. Like, you know, as we're, since we're talking music here, um, just a few days ago, um, Chris Cornell passed away. Yes. Which, it was really kind of weird to me to hear that, because I'm like, you know, Soundgarden, you've got um, Audio Slave. Yeah. Those were his two big ones. And, you know, I grew up Soundgarden. When Soundgarden came out, I was, my mind was blown, you yeah. know? Um, and then Audio Slave, I wasn't as big a fan of Audio Slave as I was of Soundgarden, but, you know, these are bands that, you know, this guy, and he's not that old. I mean, he was 52. Yeah. He's got me by 11 years, you know? <laughs> It's kind of scary, you know? Exactly. But now I had just heard um, on the radio yesterday, maybe, that he uh, that it might actually have been suicide. It was suicide. Oh, yes. did they did they yes. confirm that? Yeah. Uh, okay, I had not he heard that. hung himself. Oh, yeah. Kind of. That's suicide. Yeah. yeah I, I, <laughs> unless somebody else did it for him, but yeah. they're not they're not guessing that. Yeah. So, well, see, yeah, it's a little strange. It's weird. I mean. It's weird to you and I. Because. Yeah. People that are famous like that, you're like, why, you know, you know, are we going to find out something like with Robin Williams where he had this degenerative disease that he just didn't want to deal with? Right. You know, are we going to find out something like that? Or was it just, you know, was he depressed and, you know, and, I mean, you know, we, we have day jobs. Some of us may, I, you know, I happen to like mine, but a lot of people in the world have day jobs. They hate, you know, they go in, they do it day in, day out. Maybe it got to that point for him with music. And, you know, he's just the, the person who every week's going in doing the same thing every night a different town. He's just like, I just don't want to do it anymore. Yeah, he's like, fuck you guys. I don't want to play Black Hole Sun anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it seems like he would have enough money where he could. I, there's got to be other reasons. I don't, yeah. I, I don't want to speculate. But you know. No, and, and that's the thing is it's, it's sad when you take these guys that you've grown up listening to. Right. And now they're gone. Yes. You know. I had heard that Soundgarden was touring again. I'm like, that would be an awesome concert to go to. Right. But now, you know, that that's gone. Yeah. Even if they replace Cornell, it's not the same. It's not the same. It's like when they they say Queen is touring now. I'm like, no, 
Freddie Mercury is Queen. This is not. Yeah, it, it's. it's... <laughs> Sorry to the rest of you guys who made that band, and you are great musicians as well. But no, Freddie Mercury is Queen. <laughs> yeah, not the guy from what is it? Who's who's touring with him right now? The guy from American Idol. Oh. Uh, I. Uh, I Levine? can't. Think... What? Yeah. No. No, Adam something. Adam Levine, right? No, isn't Adam Levine the lead singer of Maroon Five? Oh yeah. It's Adam something. But anyway, it doesn't really matter. And in his own right, Kid's a good singer. Yeah. But he's not Freddie Mercury. No, exactly. <laughs> yes. You know, that would be like saying, you know, that would be like somebody coming out of Elton John's group, you know, out of his back, his, his, his band, that he's had the same band his entire career mostly, coming up and going, yes, Elton's dead, but I can sing just as well. You're like, <laughs> fuck you. No. <laughs> no, you can't. So have you been to any, like, big music festivals? Like, no. Anything like Summerfest or even? or? No, I've. there's been a few years where I've wanted to go to uh, the State Fair in Milwaukee because they have a lot of yeah. decent bands and stuff. Uh, but no, I haven't. Uh, mostly because I like music. My wife likes music. She likes country music. Yeah. So we kind of have a different taste in music. So when I go to concerts, I usually have to find somebody to go with me. Right. Uh, my one daughter has very similar taste to mine. Uh, she actually introduced me to a band, and I don't know if you've heard of Panic at the Disco. I have. And, you know, she introduced me to this band, and then her and her friend wanted to go see Panic at the Disco. So we went down to Milwaukee to, uh, to the rave, okay. and we watched Panic at the Disco. Uh, that was the second time I had seen them. I also saw them in Minneapolis, uh, like three blocks from... First Avenue. I forget what the name of the venue was, but it was a real small venue. We went and stood outside in January for two hours waiting to get in the doors. And then I couldn't even sit down. <laughs> Pissed me off. <laughs> but I was really shocked at how well they did live. You know, I, when I listened to them on, cause now I, I go everything, I go into everything with a, with a hint of like how much fucking audio auto tune are they using? Right. You know, yeah, especially with more poppy bands and stuff, like right? That. And yeah. well, Panic's not really a poppy. Well, I guess they kind of are. Yeah, I, I don't really, honestly, I wouldn't know where to put them as far as a category. But they, they were, they took me by surprise because they were live. The first time we saw them when we were in Minneapolis, the dude had like laryngitis, the lead singer. Like when he talked, he was talking like this. But he would break in the song. You couldn't tell. He's up there telling us he's got a fever and he's. You know, but he's going to play. And I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be just a shitstorm, you know? Yeah. It was a damn good concert. The guy's doing backflips on stage. He's singing. He's And then he talks. And then he starts <laughs> singing, and he's fine. And it's just like, I don't know if I could do that, you know? I had a similar situation. Um, there's a band called Harvey Danger. You probably know them best for a song called Flagpole Sitta. Okay. Um, they... After that, they put out, like, in like in the mid-2000s, they put out a free album. Like, they were one of the first bands to put out their album for free as an MP3. Okay. And, you know, it, I listened to it, and it, I, I, it was a great album, and I loved it, and I kind of fell in love with the band. Found out they were coming to uh, Madison. They were playing the Union. And so me and a friend went, and we got there, and the guy had blew out his voice the night before. He's okay. like, I don't know how long this is going to go. And but I'm going to sing as long as I can. So he started 
uh, John Nelson is a singer. He started singing, and he would do, he would sing, he probably made about halfway through their set before his voice just went. And he's like, it was a small enough place where he's like, you know what? Now it's Harvey Danger uh, karaoke. Who wants to come sing one of our songs with the band? <laughs> and nice. It was, it was just a bl- absolute blast. So people actually do it? Yeah. And everyone, and, and as soon as they said that, you know, everyone looked at each other and was like, so everyone's just going to want to sing Flagpole Soda. No one sang it until the very end. In fact, I think he actually sang it because no one sang it. Really? He kind of came out and like help, had some people help him, but you know, kind of did it. And did you did you try your chops at it? I did not. <laughs> <laughs> but, I suppose though. I mean, God, there's probably some really good voices in there. And there's probably some there real were. I mean, there was one. I forget what song it was of his, but uh, there was one song off the album that somebody just absolutely killed, and like he's like. when you can sing for the guy who sings the song normally and he's like pretty good (laughs) you know the only time i have any any story close to that is i was part of a show because you know i've done theater for years Mm -hmm. as part of a show called packer fans from outer space it's written by a small group of guys up in door county okay unbeknownst to us they came to wasa to see the show because they knew we were doing it they came to the show, they sat through the show, you know, and I had the lead role in this show, which is the only lead I've ever had. <laughs> so this guy comes up to me, no idea who he is, you know, and you get that after a show, people come and talk to you. Right. Guy comes up to me and he starts talking to me and he's asking me about the character, you know, and I'm, and I'm talking like this, not in my, my youper voice, you know. Yeah. And he goes, after a little bit, he goes, so you don't talk like that. I'm like. No, I talk like this. You know, yeah, yeah. that's on stage that's acting. acting. <laughs> I have no idea who I'm talking to, right? And he goes, after a while, he told me who he was. And he was the guy who played the role I played in Door County in their theater. And he goes, you're so much better than I am at this. <laughs> and, you know, as as an actor or as a, a artist of any form, you're right. like, thank you. Right. Yeah. You know. No, was this guy, you know, huge or anything? No, but he is the guy who originated the role. And for him to come and go, you did this better than me, is like, yeah, that, I'm patting yeah. myself on the shoulder. Yeah, I just almost forgot you guys can't see me. <laughs> so what are, you know, if you had three bands that you wanted to see. Still, we'll go... do Are we talking still active or just in general? You know, I'm going to say, let's do just general. Okay. The Beatles. All right. Uh, I've already seen Bon Jovi, so I won't use that on the list. Um, Queen. Okay. And probably Sabbath. Hmm. Interesting. I really, I, I was really big into Sabbath, and um, you know, it wasn't my normal type of music, but there's something, there's something magnetic about Ozzy Osbourne. When you hear his voice. Um, you don't want to look at him all that much. He's not the best looking guy in the world. But his voice, there's just some some quality to his voice that just kind of hooks you. You know, and I think maybe that ran into some of the issues he had early on in his career, you know. Right. Because people were, like, drawn to him. Um, I mean, you know, honorable mention mans. I'd love to see Kiss. Uh, the original lineup, though. You know. Yeah. Uh, I, I'd love to see – God, I always hate being put on a on, on point like this. But, you know, just – um, I don't know. Off the top of my head, I'm I'm kind of coming up blank here. But you know, there's 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 bands now that I'd like to see. Like I've never seen Ted Nugent. I'm gonna see him this summer. Uh, he's definitely on the list of people I want to see. Okay. Um, we're actually gonna see Lover Boy this summer. 
and uh, not necessarily on that list, but it's just one of those bands, you know. It's get, they've got that one song. Yeah. I don't know what else they've done, <laughs> if anything, you know. Um, but yeah, and we're gonna see. Uh, well, they just announced the fifth band, and it's uh, drawing a blank. But uh, they did the theme song for Edge. I don't know if you're a wrestling guy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, they did the uh, the you think you know me the yeah song I can't think of the name of the band but the the name of the song is Cunnilingus. Huh. <laughs> I never knew that. <laughs> I didn't either until we were doing one of our episodes and and he brought the the theme music on and he's like yeah the name of this is I'm like really interesting <laughs> but uh, yeah so you know there's there's things like that um, I guess I don't have like many bands that would be oh, Pink Floyd I'd mm. love to see Pink Floyd yeah. Um, but, uh, other than that, it's like a band will come up and I'll be like, Oh, I'd like to see that. And I always realize real early on, like they will be, Oh, so-and-so is coming, you know, somewhere within, you know, area Lacuna coil. I'd like to see Lacuna coil. And, um, Oh, what's the other band? And they're actually coming to just Northern Illinois. And I can't think of them right now, but, uh, uh, it's another one of these, uh, they're kind of like, um, Evanescence. Oh, okay. But they're not Evanescence. They're a, they're a Dutch band, and I can't think of them right now. But so there are a few bands out there. Like if they come close enough, right. I'll go see them. Like Guns N' Roses is coming to Minneapolis. I wanted to go see them. Tickets sold out in like four minutes. Oh wow. You know, but you know, Slash is back. Uh, Izzy is back. So are they these... touring with the Who too, or something like that? Is that with that? Is that the same tour? Or no? I don't think so. Oh, okay. So it's it's their once in a our, once in a life, no, never again in a life. No, once in a lifetime, I think it's called is the name of this tour. But so, and then a local band, a local place was given away. So I was listening to the radio, calling in, and never got anything. But you know, it's just one of those things. It's like, would I go see Guns N' Roses again? Yeah, you know, it's been twenty plus years since I've seen them. Right. Who knows? You know. Yeah. Axel's maturity; he's grown up. Maybe he. Uh, so, did you hear about the stint where Axel was uh, touring uh, lead singing for ACDC? Oh, yes. Yes, I did. And did you happen to pull any of that up on Facebook? I or did. not Facebook, uh, uh, YouTube? I did not. I recommend you do. <laughs> it's bad. I've heard it was bad. Because he doesn't have the right... You know, Axel has two voices. Yeah. He's got his really high... You know, squealy voice, and then he's got his lower kind of sultry voice. And there's nothing in between. Those are That's what he does. <laughs> you know, he screams or he croons almost. Yeah. So, I don't know. What is a band that – let's do the same thing for you. Three bands. Okay. Um, so, three bands, if they if we're doing all time um, – God, I just made this list in my head and I completely forgot it. Uh, Frank Sinatra. Okay, fair enough. I would love to see Frank live. Um, Frank alone or the Rat Pack? I would love to see the Rat Pack, honestly, yeah. That I, that I would be down for. Yes, because I love I love all those old crooners like that. Oh, yeah, Sammy Davis. Um, Dean Martin. Dean Martin, Frank Sinatra. Yep. There was a fourth guy, too, but nobody uh, ever knows who that is, and nobody really cares either. I used to know them all. And I, yeah, I did, too, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, but that would be one. Uh, R.E.M., Okay. That was that was one where I finally had enough money to go see concerts, and then they said they were and they were just starting the tour. I'm like, oh, cool! I'm gonna go see this. 
and they stop touring. They're like, now we're done. So, <laughs> so and, now, with, with if you liked R.E.M., were you a Smashing Pumpkins fan? Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay, okay. Because to me, they were always kind of interchangeable. Uh, I don't know how you can say that. One was, I mean, I mean, Pumpkins were more guitar-heavy, you know. Yeah, I guess I, when I say interchangeable, I mean, they were the kind of the same style of music. You're right. Pumpkins were more guitar-heavy. Um, but they just kind of sounded the same to me. The two lead singers, Michael Stipe, and I can't remember the guy from the Pumpkins. Billy Corgan. Billy Corgan. They they just kind of sounded the same to me. That's just me, though. You know, yeah, it's my opinion. Not. But anyway, go on. So and, you got and, uh, and broken ears apparently for you. No. Just <laughs> uh, last one would be uh, Beastie Boys of from okay. going back. Um, I mean, uh, with honorable mention to to Queen as well, which would be up there too. Twisted Sister. That just oh. popped into my head. I would love to see Twisted Sister. <laughs> oh. Do you remember the videos back from, you know, oh, the early days of MTV? <laughs> yes, I do. They had the guy from, uh, what was it, from Animal House? Yeah. He came in and he played the dad and <laughs> these little boys, they'd spin around in circles and they'd turn into D. Snyder. Yep. <laughs> uh, current bands, I would go with uh, Beck's near the top of my list. I want to see him. Is he still, he's still out there? Yep. Okay. Yeah, he's uh, he should have a new album coming out soon. Okay. Um, who were the other ones I had? Um, I just made this list in my head and I completely forgot it. This is why I usually have paper by me. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Write down notes. Um, seriously, I just had it and lost it. Huh. Well, here's one you'll probably give me heat for, but... One band that I would like to see is Nickelback. I will give you heat for that because they are not good. <laughs> I disagree. I disagree. They are like I mean, the... if you're going to go for bands of that time, see, I mean, Creed would be better. No. Creed was Creed I've seen in concert. I, I... Three times. Okay. <laughs> and how many times have you seen Nickelback? Uh, I don't... I'm trying to think if I've seen them. I don't think I have. Okay. So. I just... I don't know. Nickelback, I always enjoyed. I enjoy, especially the songs like like Rockstar. Rockstar's probably my favorite of theirs. Um, and of course, you know, you're trying to trying to prove a point now, and I can't think of any of their other songs. Oh, How I Remind You, uh, Photograph. Yeah. So I I don't know. I, I mean, I always get heat when I say I like Nickelback, but I like Nickelback. I like Creed. So I like I, Creed as well. Yeah, I can I can understand the heat because there's a lot of heat going that way too. Yeah, exactly. So, um, what is, how would you like to see music go in the, in, in the near future? Because right now it's at kind of a tipping point. They've got this, there's a lot of audio tune. There's a lot of vocal enhancements going on in music right now. Um, personally, I'm one, I'd like to take that out. I'd like to actually hear people sing. You right. know, I mean, and don't get me wrong. There's a difference between going to a dance club and hearing dance music. Right, right. And but most of the time, you don't see people that play in dance clubs. They don't go on tour. Right. You know, they play in dance clubs. That's what they do. Where would you like to see music go in the future? Do you would you like it to go more back to a pure music stance, or do you like where the way music is going? I'm not a fan of a lot of auto tune and stuff like that. I think what you're going to see, I don't, and I'm, I'm fine with that, is music is kind of sit, sit to pedal, and it kind of goes back around to what once was and what once is. And right now we're kind of 
we're getting back into current, you know, pre-pop and stuff like that into more of the 80s sound with lots of synth- mm-hmm. synth- synthesizers. I can't talk. And, you know, that type of sound going. And I think what you're going to have is going back then, maybe not to the hair bands, but more like hard rock. So um, bands like the Black Keys, because there's no real like good hard rock bands like that. Uh, there's a band called Japan Droids, who I saw earlier this year, who's like two people um, – drummer and guitarist who just uh when they when they were first starting out one of their goals was there's two of us we want to make it sound like we're a real rock band so we have to play extra hard and heavy and reverb and all this stuff and and they're just incredible band to see and you know so i think you're gonna see a lot of bands like that starting to come and take more of the the mainstream now and kind of push everything back because we've got the kind of like 80s pop happening again too at the top end right you know with uh so now like you, like we've said, you're from Madison. Are you familiar? Uh, are you familiar with the band Once Around? I'm not. Okay, they're they're a Madison-based band. Um, I was just recently introduced to some of their music. They're a bunch of young kids, really. I mean, I think the oldest one's 20 or 21, and the youngest one's 16. Oh wow! But they have a very clean, classic rock sound. Ooh. So check them out on Facebook or uh, YouTube. They're yeah. on YouTube. Um, they they um. They really impressed me, and uh, so, you know, it's kind of a cool thing to see a band come out of Wisconsin. I know they've been touring regionally already, so they've been to Minnesota and Iowa and Illinois and that kind of stuff. So, you know, hopefully it's it's bands like this that you hear that you hope someday will get picked up. Right. But whether they ever do or not, it's hard yeah. to say. Um, but, yeah, I I like to see bands that work at it, you know, it's bands that put the time and the effort into it to become famous versus, you know, American Idol. Right. Oh, God, yeah. You know, as much fun as watching the first several weeks of American Idol is, <laughs> after that it gets kind of like... I have never watched American Idol. Oh. And I refuse to. So. We we used to watch it with... My wife was... She loved it. And it was fine. Especially the early weeks, I loved it because, you know, the tryout weeks and they'd have the people that made themselves look like asses and... You know, and all that stuff. And that was great as far as, you know, that, that, that little evil in me goes. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, you know, some of the people, I mean, sure, there have been a few that have made it big. You know, Kelly Clarkson, uh, Daughtry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's any others. Not really. Um, Fantasia, she released an album or something. Um, but, you know, for the most part, they'll have an album or two and then they disappear. Yeah. So it's just, to me, those things, they don't really make... They don't make idols. They make flash pans. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Phew, there's another one. Oh, he's gone. Yeah. Kind of thing. So if, if, if you had your way. Okay. And you could um, kind of write the soundtrack for your life. What kind of songs would be in your soundtrack? You know, it's funny. I often thought about putting one together, um, uh, you know, just kind of like, you know, 40 songs for 40 years or something like that. Right, right. Kind of making something like that. Um, you know, early on, it's going to be more, you know, probably like some Huey Lewis, you know, in my younger days going on to. Well, what kind of music did you grow up with? What did your parents listen to? My parents listened to, to classic country. And that's okay. why I'm still to this day a classic country fan. Yeah, I grew up in a in a country slash gospel house. My mother listened to a lot of gospel musicians okay. kind of stuff. So 
I get where you're coming from. Okay. Um, so probably start there, move into both some, you know, a little bit of, uh, probably some Motley crew in there. Um, move on to, uh, some country, some, you know, Garth Brooks, uh, Brooks and Dunn, that era, Clint Black. That was a fun era of country it music, though. It was a though. really good era of country music, in my mind. Uh, jump into, you know, a little Nirvana, uh, maybe take a bit of a break throughout the 90s where I kind of didn't know, you know, I kind of got away from music in the late 90s and uh, jumped back in around 2001 with uh, The Shins, Arcade Fire, who was one of the other bands I was going to say is one of the ones I wanted to see. Okay. Uh, you know, the, the, the Decemberists, that type of bands who got me back into music at that time. Um, moving on. Oh, Van Halen, of course. Uh because we mentioned that earlier. Uh, moving in towards the, the mid-90s, moving more towards some rap with some early Kanye. Um, let's see. What else am I missing in here? We've got... Uh, um, moving in towards more now, uh, probably some... Let's see. Japan Droids I'm a big fan of. Uh, LSD Sound System. Uh, just trying to think of concerts I've gone to lately to kind of, kind of you know, push it back. Right. Uh, uh, Fantagram, those type of bands that I really like kind of now, in the here now. So. All right, so here's the big question. You're allowed to have one CD for the rest of your life. Oof, one, huh? One. That's... If I'm allowed to have one CD... No, that's what I call music volume two. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it had Britney Spears. It had, uh, that's not my serious answer. <laughs> yeah, I, <know. laughs> I like it though. I did like the, that one. That was one that on was actually the, bought up. Aren't they up on like now? Like, that's what I call music 64. Yeah. Something <laughs> like that. Um, man, can I make it a two disker? Or sure. It have to yeah. be one disc. Um, I would say, hmm, that's a tough question. What would I want to listen to every day? You know what? I'm going to, to break the rules here. Well, and I don't know if there's any rules. There's no rules from the sounds of it. I'm going to go with a Greatest Hits album as much as I loathe Greatest Hits albums. Okay. But because it gives me multiple variances for different moods, uh, Van Halen Greatest Hits. Okay. Uh, because it gives me the fun party with Dave. Yeah. Uh, it gives me, you know, the, the songs with some more deeper lyrics with Sammy. And, you know, a little bit of slower stuff in there as well. Plus still some good guitar. Did they give you some Sharon on there? They did not. Which is <laughs> that, which is also good. That's kind of telling, isn't it? <laughs> For me, I think at, at this point in my life, it would probably be um, the artist formerly known as Prince, his, his uh, three-disc album, Emancipation. Oops. Just because it covers... From, you know, slow ballads to rock and roll and everything in between. Yeah. It's kind of um, not the best music Prince ever did, but it covers that entire genre of everything he did kind of thing, you know. And I'm a huge Prince fan. I always have yeah. been. I mean, Purple Rain. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, just songs that 
you know, sometimes they're a little dirty. Yeah. But, you know, they're just a lot of fun in general. He likes, he was just a musician who liked to have fun. Right. You know, so. Well, I think this kind of brings us to the end of this. Um, right. I appreciate you coming out. Ever wonder to yourself, how do I let this guy know how much I like slash hate his podcast? Or think to yourself, man, I'd love to be a guest on his podcast. I have a great idea for a topic. Well, you're in luck. There are two ways for you to reach out to me. First, send me an email at whosepodcastisit at gmail.com and leave me a message. Or if you're more into the social media stuff, you can find me on Facebook at POI Network or at Whose Podcast Is It Anyway. Either way, I look forward to hearing from you. So, quote of the day. People who think they know everything are a great annoyance to those of us who do. <laughs> Any idea who said that? Uh, you? No, well, <laughs> no, Isaac Asimov. He oh, was wow. an American writer and professor of biochemistry at Boston University. He is known for his works of science fiction and popular science. Asimov was a prolific writer and wrote or edited more than 500 books and an estimated 90,000 letters and postcards. His books have been published in nine of the ten major categories of the Dewey Decimal Classification. Wow. That when I when I found that and I read that, I'm like That's impressive. That's that's hugely impressive. I used to data library and that's yeah, that's a lot of different areas. Yeah, that's a lot of different genres. So <laughs> But yeah, I thought you know, today I was looking for a funny quote and I'm like, you know, I know people who probably believe this. I am not <laughs> one of them. <laughs> it, the day I know everything What's the purpose in living? That's true. <laughs> well, with that again, Jason, thanks for coming out. Thanks for Thank having Thank you me. guys for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. You have been listening to a program from the Point of Insanity Network. Visit us at poigamestudio.podbean.com for more shows. Follow us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter at POI Game Studio.